You're listening to The Dworkin Report, and I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. It was my privilege to interview producer Gail Ann Hurd, whose hands have been behind some of the biggest Hollywood movie franchises ever, who then turned around and conquered the small screen with her Walking Dead franchise. Gail told me about her impending launch of the third Walking Dead series in 2020 and about major developments in the Terminator franchise because a relatively new copyright law will give control back to she and James Cameron, its co-creators, for the first time in decades. But Gail Anherd isn't only keeping busy by bringing to life cultural phenomena, she's always been a major activist for gender equity in Hollywood, both behind the camera and on the screen. Not only that, but she's always been a tremendous progressive supporter of my group, the Democratic Coalition, a big fighter for all progressive causes. So please take a listen to my wide-ranging interview with mega-producer Gail Ann Hurd. Gail Ann Hurd, thank you for joining us on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. No, sure. Are you excited that Halloween is almost here? It's my favorite holiday. Of course, if you look at my body of work, how could it be any other? Right. That's why, I, you know, it's the perfect timing to have you on. Uh, before we start talking about really exciting political events, let me ask you, uh, what's coming next? Do you have any big projects in the pipeline that you can tell us about? Well, I'm very excited about the new series that we're doing that is part of our Walk, Walking Dead family that follows students who are of essentially high school, college age, and uh, that will be airing on AMC in 2020, so I'm very excited about that. My jaw just dropped because I did not know about that. That sounds awesome. Um, are you, are you, did you guys start filming, filming it now? We, just... we have been filming. We've been filming in Richmond, Virginia, which has actually brought me to our nation's capital a couple of times uh, because it's quite close by. Right. It, it, why it, was there any change? Because because it, it was Atlanta before that, right? Like was there? Any well, we change? well you are a little behind the times. This is actually the third Walking Dead show. Walking Dead does film in the Atlanta area. Fear the Walking Dead, which uh, is going into its sixth season, films in Austin, Texas. So we're we're spreading the love. I forgot about that. That yeah, the the, the transition. I guess I'm a. I'm a fan of the original. Um, the, it's hard to keep up. There's so much stuff going on right now for you. Um, it, of all the amazing films and, and franchises, you've you started two of the best action slash horror films of the 1980s that you did with James Cameron uh, have captured the public imagination in a hugely enduring way. I, I, I'd like to ask for our listeners, how long and hard did you work to craft both Alien and Terminator movies? I mean, was it around-the-clock work, and did you have a sense while filming that it was something amazing and special that would last for decades? Well, with with The Terminator, that was the, the first film that I made on my own after um, leaving uh, working for Roger Corman as his assistant. And I think... What Jim and I really wanted was to have a calling card from that film to be able to make another film. Um, so I don't think if you'd asked us then if it would be something that people, you know, um, 30 years later would still be referring to. I, I, I think 
I think we would have said absolutely not. It, it, we're, we're making the best film we can, but uh, the fact that it would have this kind of enduring legacy, I'm, I'm not sure anyone envisaged. Uh, and with Alien, uh, Ridley Scott directed the first film, Jim and I did the second film, and then we have not been involved in the franchise ever since. And, and it was it was really um, something that we simply didn't want to screw up. Being huge fans of Ridley's original film, um, we chose to make it a combat film as opposed to as opposed to a contained horror film, and that's why the tagline for Aliens is "This time it's war." Um, and uh, we could not have been any more blessed to work with such talents as Sigourney Weaver, um, this time the undisputed star of the film, as well as the late Stan Winston, who created the amazing practical effects, including the Queen uh, and the Power Loader. How, how did you get your, just moving on in history, I guess, how did you get your hands on The Walking Dead, and, and how did you bring that to the screen uh, on TV? Well, contrary to uh, to public opinion, women are very large consumers of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. I have been a lifelong fan of horror and a lifelong comic book reader. And I read Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead comic book when it first came out, inquired about the rights, found out they weren't available, you know, put it back on the shelf. And then a few years later, I think back in 2009, um, I asked again, and it turned out the rights were available. And uh, that's when Frank Darabont, who had the rights, and I partnered up with Robert Kirkman and set the project up at AMC. That's, I mean, it's such a phenomenal series. I'm a huge fan of the show. But, um, you know, does does it ever scare you that the political environment right now might turn into a walking dead sort of environment for us? I mean, it's, it seems like Armageddon is headed our way or some kind of weird mix of Well, it. I made that movie too. Right? <laughs> I, I, know, that's it. I saw that. I love that uh, movie. I love that movie. Uh, but yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we're all prepared now. Uh, we've had uh, 10 seasons of the walking dead. We've seen all kinds of failed leadership. Mm-hmm. In the series, and, um, you know, so I I think that we all have a manual of how to survive and what not to do. Right, right. From the series. Right. We used to to have parties for the show, like, you know, for viewing parties, and uh, people would throw stuff, like anything involving Rick. Like, they would, uh, if if he got in trouble... People would throw stuff at like the screen, and I'd be like, "All right, listen, like I gotta put like plastic in front of this." And so we started <laughs> wrapping saran wrap around the TV, and then it got hot, and it molded into the TV. I had to get a new TV, but it, it was it was just people are so. The only comparison that's even close is like Game of Thrones. Like this is epic, and it's just it, it must be. Uh, you, you, I guess you take it very seriously, right? Because every single aspect of the show every single detail are you are you still hands on with the series and and are you in front of it a lot a lot of the times do you still uh, control a lot of the plot lines or or what happens with the show well the the, the good news is that we have fantastic showrunners who are the most hands on um we have Scott Kempel who is 
essentially the CEO of the um, content for the Walking Dead universe alongside um, uh, Robert Kirkman, who created it. Um, and um, speaking of, of Rick Grimes, played by the amazing Andrew Lincoln, um, we are also envisioning a series of Walking Dead films that will be distributed by Universal Pictures uh, that bring Rick Grimes back to life. What? Not that he's died, by the way. Sure, sure. But, uh, but uh, we, we, we get to see, you know, his new world. Wow. Well, okay. That seems exciting. Find out more about Meet the Candidates 2020, my new book series of voter guides, authored by Dworkin Report producer Grant Stern. It's the only place you can read my opinion and a factual portrait of each major Democratic candidate in one place. Buy the book now at the link inside this episode's notes at grantstern.com or your local Barnes & Noble. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. I guess we'll delve quickly because people wanted to know. I, I wanted to know as well. Um, I guess in politics, a Democratic presidential candidate, Elizabeth Warren, says that she experienced pregnancy discrimination. What do you think we need to do to get enough women to select politicians who will support them in the workplace by creating a safety net for pregnancy that reasonably extends after birth, not to mention correcting the pay equity gap? Well, I think I think it all starts with voting for voting for the right representatives that hold those values, uh, and it also very much rests with the courts. And since many of the most important courts um, are appointed either the judges are appointed by the White House and confirmed by the Senate. It's very important to make sure that um, not only do we have someone in the White House who reflects those values, but also that the the Senate uh, will block people who want to take us back to um, to the 19th century. Right. In fact, it, it may very well be that women might have had a few more rights back then. Um, you know, I don't think that abortion was illegal back then, and we're on the precipice now of making it illegal. Right. And I saw in an interview with the vet Nicole Brown that you had done, I think it's Interview Magazine, but you, you had talked about how you had opportunities back in the day that not many women had. Have you seen a big change in the industry with women in leadership like yourself uh, in the entertainment industry as a whole? Absolutely. I was just, I was in, in incredibly blessed that my first job was with Roger Corman, who was always and remains to this day an advocate for women in the, in the industry. And, um, you know, I, I see it changing, but I would say that in most cases, men still control the green light ability and we're really not seeing much of a change in corporate America, corporate America that owns the studios and owns the networks. Right, right. And, and do you see do you see any kind of um, what's the best way to, to to switch things around? Like, what can people do to support um, the entertainment industry? Is it by consuming things that are produced by women, or or what is what is the main way that we can change things in Hollywood as a consumer? <laughs> 
even though, you know, film is an art form, we still call it the entertainment film TV business. So absolutely, you vote with you vote with your purchases. You vote with, you know, the the films and the TV series that you choose to to watch, and um, and that's incredibly important. Um, no one's going to continue to make something just because it's the right thing to do. Um, they're going to to renew a show because of the feedback and that's both the ratings as well as the awards and with feature films it's really based on the number of tickets sold right and you you worked with a lot of scripts in the past right yes so if you yes. I, I mean I've, I've co-written one but for the most part um i work very closely with writers right right so so you have a lot of you know opportunity to develop plot lines and things like so like how do you how do you see trump's reality tv presidency ending um well considering every day something happens that if i had put it in a script someone would say that's too far-fetched no one will believe it i don't know that that uh that i can even imagine what we'll see. Um, I'd like to think that we'll see a perp walk at some point. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, what I really want though more than anything else is a return to, to the rule of law, separation of powers and an understanding by the people in power of exactly what the constitution sets forth, because we, we seem to have blown right past that. And, and, I, and I, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. This episode of The Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. Well, it's uh, it's appreciated uh, all the uh, you speak out not just against the administration but for people on people's behalf that can't speak for themselves and and I, I hope you keep on doing that. Now, if uh, we're in real trouble, if Trump was was listening to this podcast, but if we were, what would you say to him? Um, I would say that at this time he still has an opportunity to do the right thing. And uh, and now is the time. Now is the time to to realize that the gig is up, and that everything that has been hidden will at some point be brought into the glare of uh, public scrutiny. And um, and if he really is the president that the evangelicals believe God chose, God would want him to come clean. So that would involve him resigning. You know, I I, I think that uh, I think that that the best thing to do is to is to is to own up, to allow people to speak on the record, to speak to Congress, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I I want to know everything that has transpired. I don't know that. I mean, I would love. The resignation, but I, I still want to know: Was Pence involved? 
How deeply is Barr involved? Um, what about Mitch McConnell? What about Lindsey Graham? I, I don't know that resignation will solve the problem that our democracy faces at the moment. Right. It's uncovering the truth and figuring out. I mean, I, I'll keep on working towards that for the next few decades to, to try, try and make sure that the truth comes out, working with a, a bunch of people here in D.C., um, but uh, thank you so much for everything that you've you've given to the world and created and and brought to film and TV and, and everywhere else. And, and so I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today. Well, thank you. The, the one thing I do want to say is that there is a theme in everything that I've ever done. And it is about the power and the strength that each one of us as individuals have. My my films and TV series are always about ordinary people who don't believe that they're special, who don't believe that they can make a difference, who find the power within themselves to survive and in many cases to to achieve something extraordinary, whether that's, you know, Michonne on The Walking Dead, Sarah Connor in The Terminator, Ellen Ripley in Aliens. It really is about empowering each one of us as individuals and recognizing the strength and the power that we all have and not giving up. We cannot give up. I'd like to thank Gail and Hurd for taking the time. I want to thank my producer, Grant Stern. You can follow him on Twitter at Grant Stern. You can visit our website at DworkinReport.com. You can visit the website for our book series that Grant and I wrote, MeetTheCandidates2020.com. Thanks again for listening. Onward!